thank you again for tuning in to My Child is a Genius for our ultimate parent group because we know that our children are fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> and today I have my mom. Hi. I know her as Nancy Golden. I know her as mom. <laughs> and she's been like my muse for this whole book launch because growing up with educators, you just learn things. Stuff that other people don't know. And I had to break down all of this teacher jargon so that regular parents can understand what makes your child smart. Their multiple intelligence, their learning styles, and personality traits, and how all of those things work in concert to activate your child's genius. And that's super duper important for us to set our kids on the right path. Do you agree? <laughs> Absolutely, honey. And thank you for having me. You're welcome, Mom. So can you just give us um, just some background on your professional experience? Okay, well, um, I was an educator. I shouldn't say was, because I still am educating, But I worked for the School District of Philadelphia for 32 years in various capacities, yes. <laughs> I retired in June of 2013. Oh, but prior to that date, I served as a teacher, as a special education teacher, as a special education liaison, as a department chair, as an assistant principal and uh, one year as a principal, but about 12 years maybe, as an, or 13 as an assistant principal. Yeah. And um, now that I'm retired, I'm really enjoying life, really, because I'm doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. and I am taking my platform and my ideas about and my ideology higher. Hi, Rara, my baby. Hi, Rara. And my ideology about education. And sharing it with uh, early learning educators. So those who are directors and teachers in the early childhood arena, right? Yes. So I'm really having fun preparing professional developments and facilitating that process. And I also wrote a book, so we'll talk about that later. Yes, we will talk about that book later. Ryan, say hello and goodbye. Hello. All right, bye. Yeah. Love you, Ryan. Right. No, seriously, get out of here. I want you my phone. No, I'm not giving you your phone yet. Bye. You're being, I don't like that. Why? Because I said so. Goodbye. Oh. Love you. Never. Walk with the king and be a blessing. Uh, so as you see, uh, this is real life around here. And I think that's what people enjoy about my life, that it's, it's candid. <laughs> but I will pop Ryan on live TV. But anyway. And you did say what I, what I was glad that you corrected yourself, saying that you are still an educator. Because that's one thing I believe. When you are an educator, whether you're a teacher, facilitator, whatever, you're constantly educating people. Because nobody can take those set of skills away from you, right? And nobody can take away your love and your passion for learning. And that's what I admire. That's why, you know, in the family, we say that mommy's fake retired because... <laughs> she's still like she's still teaching like what do you mean you're about to go to work what do you mean you're about to do a workshop so she's still she's retired from that position but she's still an educator and she's carved out different areas where she can just thrive doing what she loves remarkable thank you babe you're welcome babe so what do you um because i know multiple intelligence is your thing you like to point that out in people and you just have like this knack where you can identify uh what 
people are great at doing and you know how they're smart so can you give us a store do you have any stories on what i guess prompted that excitement in you or prompted that um i guess i don't know what to say that love for you know identifying that in children okay well I worked at John Paul Jones Middle School mm-hmm. um, for 17 years. And during that time, we had a number of professional developments, but one that really resonated in my uh, soul and spirit and intellect mm-hmm. was one that they had on the multiple intelligences. And I think that was the first time I had heard the term. And we're talking back in the 19, early 80s, right? And so it's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Howard Gardner, who is considered the guru, the father of this whole concept of multiple intelligences. And his thought is that if we just focus on the academic and the intellect of a child, right, we're missing so many other interesting facets about that individual child. Because children are complex. They're made more than intelligence they're they they're active right they're kinesthetic they're visual they're auditory and so the way that they get the information may not be in one zone one domain one way of thinking and so from that idea i kind of carried that with me Mm -hmm. and now that i'm retired i'm really playing this whole thing out and i'm actually able by reading his material and if you go online there's so there's a plethora of information on the whole concept, right? That's why when you hear the word differentiation, that's why we have to differentiate in the classroom because every student is so different. And even in special education, every child can benefit from an individualized educational plan. But anyway, so from Howard Gardner, I think I'm building my platform. Not that I created this concept, I'm just making it more applicable, like you were saying. Right, mom and dad to identify the genius of their children because every single person born in this world is born with a gift or gifts. Yeah. Now, as the parent, it is our responsibility to help the children discover who they are, right? What makes them unique and how they are smart, how they are smart. Not how smart are you? How are you smart? How do you learn to navigate through this world? in your uniqueness because we're not all the same right kiki so a story that stands out and that really drives the point home for me Mm. is when i was teaching at jones i was a special education liaison and and so and the resource room teacher so that means when you think of the spectrum of special education from the most restriction to the least you have of course children who are severely profoundly impaired and then kids who are eligible mentally retarded and okay. trainable mentally retarded and learning disabled, social emotional stuff. But kids who are in the resource room are those children who are on the least, the far end. Mm-hmm. They don't need a lot of restriction. They can, they can uh, go to their regular education classroom and then have a special education teacher included in the class to assist them. But back in those days, we didn't have inclusion that looks the way it does today. Right. So, so the model then was the student who was in resource room would stay in resource room and then leave the room and come to me, right, for instruction in reading and math or reading or math. This one particular student, his name is Lucas, Hispanic student, mm-hmm. eighth grade student, okay. who come to me for reading. Now, mind you, he's eighth grade, but he's scoring like a pre-primer level in reading. Pre-primer are children who are reading Dolch words, pre-kindergarten. Dolch words are those 
words that you see everywhere, every day, all the time, mm-hmm. in all texts. Mm-hmm. The, right? Is, right? Mm-hmm. So he could read those words. But to read a text on eighth grade, absolutely could not read the words. But, but when I would read a story to him, he would get bored when I asked questions. He's like, you know, and acting like he didn't have good sense. But he could do that in my room because it was very relaxed. Mm-hmm. And he would say, oh, I, I know the answer already. You're boring me to death. I'm like, boring? Me? Boring you? But what he was saying to me was, give me something that I can really show you how smart I am, ma'am. Because when I would read a story to him, listen to this. He would hear it, but mm-hmm. orally he could identify the main idea. Right. He could sequence events. Right. He could predict outcomes. All of those are elements of reading, but he could only, he could do it orally, right? So now in special education, every year you give an annual assessment just to see if the student has made any progress mm-hmm. as per their um, IEP, right? Okay. So I said to him, okay, Lucas, it's time to give you an annual test. Da, 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 da. And so let's see how, pro- how much progress you've made. He said, well, you know I can't. You know I can't read, Miss. Give me a math test, and I said I can't give you a math test because I don't <laughs> instruct you in math. Boy, sit down and take the test. <laughs> so he said, "Give me a math test, please, 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 so I can show you how smart I am." So I had to take pause and say, "Okay, now you know me, teacher. Do you think I know everything?" I said, "Okay, this boy is pretty brummy. He's probably, you know, that not that much higher in math anyway." So I gave him at that time something called the Peabody Individualized Assessment. Okay. And it's like a flip chart, right? Okay. So you can read prompts to them, but they have to um, identify the answer based on, like it's a card with uh-huh. four different responses and they pick the best response. Okay. okay, so since it's a reading test, I can read some of the reading prompts to him, but I can't read, you know, he has to figure out the, the, the math on his own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this test, if you make... Uh, at that time, I think it was five consecutive errors. You okay. stop the test and you can score the test. Okay. So I said, okay, let me start him off maybe in, uh, since he's eighth grade, I started him off maybe, let's say, third grade man. Okay. So I'm flipping the chart. You know, Lucas, he's answering these questions. Going for it. Third grade, no, no mistakes. Fourth grade, no mistakes. Fifth grade. I'm now saying, whoa, this boy, there's something going on here. Uh-huh. Sixth grade. No mistake. Seven, eight, ninth. Now he's only in the eighth grade. Uh-huh. Let Akeisha. He didn't make mistakes until the twelfth grade. Wow. Right. Wow. When I scored his test, he scored twelve point five. That is post high school. Yeah. Mind you, he is an eighth grade student coming to me for reading instruction, and and he was a uh, well liked. Very gregarious by nature. Yeah. All the girls loved him. The boys thought he was cool. The teachers didn't like him because uh-huh. he was defiant, talked back, never prepared, walked the halls, you know. Yeah. Not typical behavior problems. But when I tell you he scored a 12.5, I just, oh my goodness, I hugged him. I'm like, oh, oh my God. So during those days, Smart. in the early 70s, the school psychologist was housed in the building. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't have to wait forever to get a, a test or an assessment on the student. So I ran down the hall and I remember running to Dr. Jody's office. I was like, oh my goodness, 
I think Lucas is a genius. And she says, what do you mean? And I said, oh, I gave him this test and I showed him the results, 12.5. And she said, okay. She had to give him a battery of tests, of course, because when you get the IQ test, there's a lot of things. You have to get the information from the parent, information from classroom teachers, special ed and regular ed, just a whole lot of things. So right. she compiled all of this stuff, came back in a couple of weeks, and she said, Nancy, so I'm running to her office. She said, Lucas, he's a genius. And we started jumping around the <laughs> Oh my God. So my point is, how can you have this boy? Right. Who is in eighth grade, a right. behavior problem, a right. non-reader, get a test, and he scores genius level. He was mentally gifted. Wow. So when I think of this whole multiple intelligence, this would fuels the fire for me. Yeah. Because yeah. as teachers, yes, we are trained. We're very good at what we do, but sometimes a student like Lucas, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right, he, he gets lost in the show. Yeah. Maybe because of his acting out, maybe because of his truancy, maybe because of his lack of coming to school on a regular basis, right. maybe because of the parental input not being what we think it should be. And Keisha, that's another uh, discussion for another day. What is parental involvement? Mm -hmm. Because I have my own idea about that. But I would love to know what he's doing now. And when I told him, I said, look, you are mentally gifted. He said, told you I was smart. <laughs> so when I do my PDs, I share that story only because I think when we, the multiple intelligence is definitely a way that we can infuse this information into our everyday instructional plan and actually know the children that are sitting before us, right? Maybe the test will say Nancy can't read, but what else can Nancy do? Well, that's what Nancy can do. Because yeah. as you said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We did not create ourselves. We have an uh, uh, almighty God, right, mm -hmm. who perfectly made us. Right. We're perfectly made. He didn't make any mistakes at all. Right. So as a teacher, we need to really put on our lens, our glasses, and look at each child. Now, of course, teachers have so much to do, right. but as much as possible, as I said before, and I use this term a lot, and as much as appropriate, try to design instruction to meet that child where he or she is so that we can build them up. I don't think we should start from the bottom up. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I think in reverse. I think we should start from the top down, because at the top, is where you'll find their gift, right? Yeah. For example, I'm now looking at your boys, and I'm looking at Ashley and Ike's girls, and I'm looking at them, I'm watching them, and, and they give you clues all the time. I told you before, Ryan mm -hmm. is kinesthetic. He loves to work with his hands. I sent them outside to play. Everybody's playing basketball. Ryan stopped playing basketball and just laid in the grass, in the dirt, just feeling the grass like he was on the beach somewhere. When he comes in the house, everybody else says hi to the dog. Not Ryan. Ryan has to grab him and kiss him. And so you might say, oh, he's, oh that's so cute. No, he's giving you clues. Yeah. He has to touch things. He yeah. has to feel things. So if he's in that classroom, the teacher has to make sure that she has manipulative yes. to uh, uh, reinforce that instructional component. Because right. Ryan has to touch and feel. Can you right. imagine him being in a classroom to sit? and not have an opportunity to explore or navigate through learning the way that he's built, you know? So parents really, like you were saying, Keisha, in your book, they're going to journal and start writing down these things so that they can use it as a guide to yes. assist the teacher and work in a partnership. Okay. That's okay. true. Yeah. That's all for me.
Girl, you know I go on north, you gotta stop me. <laughs> but no, I'm saying, and like you said, from, from an educator standpoint, how to design instruction yeah. for your child, that's the very same thing that I'm petitioning parents to do right. because no matter what your limitations are, you know, not all parents are at the same level, you know, academically, whatever, but right. you know your child. A parent knows her child. And when we're able to invest maybe 10 minutes just to reflect on what we know about them and put it all in one place so that we can be able to advocate for them properly, like you right. said with Lucas, he can't read, but the boy is super duper smart and mad. And that's the same thing. We don't want our kids to be pigeonholed because of what you deem to be correct. And that's something like I'm all about disruption. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, 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 I just think we need in, in a lot of instances to disrupt societal norms because that, you know, causes kids to be lackluster and people to be frustrated and pigeonholed and to conform. And like, that's, that's like super duper corny. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just think that's so whack, you know, but, um, thank you so much, mom, just for your insight and for your story, because your story alone can just spark some things and trigger things in parents to know what to look for, know what to identify. And, and you know, you know to cut you off, I want to yeah. say this. I've been doing, like I said, these PDs with uh, a lot of the early learning centers and, 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 uh, right. And it's amazing to me when I talk about this whole thing of multiple intelligence and giftedness, many of the teachers <clears throat> look at me and I'll say to them, what is your gift? And many folks that are adults will say, I don't know. Right. I think we have to now really help our parents and adults understand that you're gifted too. You're yeah. gifted. And for them to help their children, they have to be able to know who they are. Yes. And sometimes, you know, You'll hear stories like I have this workshop where I break groups up and, mm -hmm. and they're working in their area of giftedness. And it's so wonderful to see them come a lot. Like a, a woman, I remember her saying to me, I'm not, I don't know what my gift is. And I said, really? She says, no. Listen, all I do is, you know, I'm one of those people, if you need me, I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm a good listener. If you need my help with something, if you need me to cook for you, if you anything you need, if you need a, a, a couch to sleep on, if somebody quit, and I'm saying to myself, you don't know what your gift is? You've already expressed to me that you are a giver. You're a helper. You want to be a helper. Those are gifts that we need people to be givers, right? When you think of folks who are working in the social service field, philanthropy, those are givers. That's a gift. And when I said to her, that's a gift. And she looked at me like, really? Yeah. Absolutely. The list of gifts, I think, are limitless. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you think of kinesthetic and visual, yeah, well, we can go beside that. You have the gift of love, the gift yeah. of giving, the gift of help, the gift of compassion. The list goes on and on and on, you know? So I just had to add that, Keisha, go ahead. That's true. That's true. Because parents, it's, it is difficult for you to focus solely on your child and not know what right. you are because you were a major part of the puzzle as parents. We need to know who I am. And then, you know, your child looks at you as a reflection of who they are. So yeah, that's like super duper uber true. And like you were saying with the lady who uh, didn't know what her gifts are, but she just rattled off things that she does easily. And I right. think that's what we overlook. Things that come to us easily, we don't look at them as a gift. It's just like, oh, no problem. I can just build a house. Like, no, baby. I, I just know how to draw blueprints. No, nothing. I just know how to organize. 
These are our gifts. Things that come naturally to you are your gift. That's what makes it cool. Right. And the thing is about a gift, you got to remember, a gift is something that you work at, but it's not hard work. Like education was something that, but it wasn't hard to do. Not hard to do. Something that you can do, you work for it, right? But it's not hard to do. Like I could do education all day long and not get exhausted. Right. So a gift is something that just comes easy, but you still work at it, but it's mm -hmm. not hard to do yeah. for you. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Miss Nancy, how can people contact you, dear? Well, Keisha, they can always call my business line. Oh, and, business line. 215-302-0300. Uh, okay. Or they can email me at little, mm -hmm. con, one word, L-I-T-T-L-E-C-O-N-N-I-E-S at gmail.com. Awesome. Bah, bah, bah. And I'm, my, on my, and I'm working on my website. I take it down, put it up. I have to really get, you know, get that I together. Got you. I got you. But you're also on Facebook. You're also on Facebook. So that's cool. That's cool. But thank you, Mom. I'm going to, in a separate video, we're going to talk about your book. <laughs> you see, look, look. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. Love you. Love you too, dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>